Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of The Mental Golf Show. As always, I'm your host, Josh Nichols, and on today's episode, we have a guest. His name is Ryan Moth-Yora. He is a professional golfer. He plays on, you know, several mini tours. Uh, The Swing Thought Tour is how I discovered him uh, going through the rankings there. He's had some awesome golf lately, so he has... He has a really cool perspective that, you know, the great thing about interviewing all these uh, guys and girls is you get to see all these people that are in the same kind of position, yet their different perspectives show in, in the way they describe the mental game, how they practice, their routine, all those kind of things. And Ryan has an awesome kind of tweak on a perspective. Um, and it's just a really cool uh, angle to, to see the game. Um, so that's why I like doing this, is to get as much you know flavor and different perspectives as possible. So I hope you enjoy uh, our my conversation with Ryan. Let's get right into it. So uh, where are you exactly? I'm in Richmond, Virginia. Oh, gotcha. Okay, not too far. I'm in Raleigh. <laughs> oh, nice. So not Very not cool. super far. Um, so yeah, we'll it, we'll just kind of have an informal conversation. Nothing nothing crazy. Um, I just kind of wanted to ask, like your background, you know, how you got to where you are, what you do now to improve. Um, uh, you know, advice you give to other people, that kind of stuff. So it's not like crazy formal. Um, cool. any, any questions from you? Um, like, thoughts? No, not really. I, uh, I guess just like, I, I'd just be curious how you, how you found out about me. <laughs> oh yeah. So I, I've had a couple other swing thought guys on, uh, on the podcast before I've had Colton Lapa, uh, Alejandro Toasty, um, maybe some other guys too. So okay. I was just looking at like swing thought rankings really. And, mm-hmm. and I said, I'd like to talk to the guys that are kind of doing well on swing thought. And I just picked like one, one ranking system. You probably play all kinds of stuff, but, uh, <laughs> I, I just, I just saw that and said, I'll just hit up the top 20, 30 guys and see, see who says yes. And, and I've got a, I've got some good response so far. So I appreciate you, uh, saying yes. For sure. Absolutely. All right. So, um, yeah, so we'll just we'll just kind of get right into it. Give maybe you could give me like a maybe a quick golf background, like uh, how you got to where you are. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, I grew up as a soccer player, um, and I was like very serious about soccer. I was in all of like the, uh, I was in all of the like ODP stuff, like uh, Olympic development stuff, and travel, and you know, really kind of fancied myself as a you know wanting to play that in college wanting to you know I I never really thought about playing after school for that but uh that was you know my first love and uh got hurt when I was 14 uh hurt my right hip um and kind of fizzled out a little bit uh you know travel sport politics things and all that uh all that jazz and then when I was 16, my family moved into a neighborhood that had a golf course in it and kind of started playing more often. 
Uh, and it was a hard golf course, like a good course. Uh, actually, the, the old e-golf tour used to have their tour championship there uh, back in the day. But, um, yeah, just kind of like started getting better. I, I played like once or twice a year my whole life in Hilton Head at my grandparents' house and would go to camps and stuff. Uh, and I've always kind of been a decent athlete. Um, but I would say when I was 16, so like spring of 2012 was when I really kind of honed in and started trying to get better, uh, and feeling like I could get better. And (laughs) I remember like that year, like before my 17th birthday, I played in three tournaments and they're all like one day events in Virginia. And the first one I shot 91 Second one, I shot 90. And then the third one, I shot 68. <laughs> I'm like, no way. <laughs> That's <laughs> crazy. <laughs> so I think that gave me just like enough. I had like food poisoning and everything. It was one of those like wild days, you know, like beware of the sick golfer type yeah. thing. But uh, I, uh, I think that at that time, like if I had said that I wanted to go, like, go play college golf, it, it was kind of a pipe dream, hmm. uh, you know, already being 16 and a half and uh just broke 90 for the first time in a in my life in a tournament and uh yeah it it just gave me enough like delusional confidence Mm -hmm. to think that i could do it that's all i really needed to start grinding and you know because i knew it was in there like you know i knew that good golf was you know somewhere in here and i just had to dig it out and uh i just got i got like way better i i mean I, i my self-image kind of changed and i like i viewed myself as somebody who was good enough to play in college and uh you know eventually you know next year and a half went by and i uh ended up going to kenyan college up in ohio d3 school up there and wanted to go somewhere where i could play right away uh and you know academics are really important to me as well so went there and average like 77 my first year and then pretty much just like took knocked two shots off my average every year and my senior year I was a first team all-american in d3 uh an average like 72 and that was when like I finished in the top five individually in every tournament except two and that was when I was like like yeah okay like I'm gonna just keep going with this and like see how good I can get and uh it's been it's been like a tough road the past two years since I turned pro, uh, but I've like I've learned a lot and I've gotten a lot better. Uh, so that's I guess like a little short version, long short version of my uh, golf history. Yeah, that's that's uh, that was a good synopsis. Um, so I am interested in the like sixteen and a half. You you break ninety for the first time by shooting sixty eight, and you got that delusional confidence to start grinding. And, and you said you just got better, like what, maybe just basically, what did you do at that point? If you can think back to then of like, once I had that confidence, once I saw myself as a good golfer, what did I do? Or maybe like, yeah. So what did you start doing when you were 16 and a half Um, to get better to that level where you could get into college? Yeah. uh, I got a swing coach. Um, so that was like the first, the first thing that, you know, I, I didn't want to at first, I kind of had this, like, I had romanticized this idea of being like self-taught yada, yada, but 
I hit it. I mean, I did not hit it well. Like there's a reason I didn't break 90 <laughs> in yeah. those first two events. Uh, so I got a swing coach and I went to somebody who I knew from like hearing like word of mouth from like college players who I had met were working with him and like good amateurs in Virginia. And it's a Mike, Mike hot over at Salisbury country club in Richmond for our, uh, for the, the listeners who may be uh, wondering, uh, sure. I, I went and got a lesson with him and I told him what I wanted. And he like immediately was like, yeah, you can do that. Like there's some things that you got to do, but, uh, but you can do that. So I, uh, started working with him and I worked with him for like seven years and it was, it was great. And he just gave me a lot of good advice and told me some like drills. I, I, I just remember doing a lot of like really basic kind of like simple, like drills and mm. playing a lot, and, uh, just like getting used to playing good golf, mm. but you know, a lot of like very simple, you know, drills that you would find in like golf digest or something. Yeah. So, so he, yeah. he maybe he he kind of like before him you didn't really have much of a structure much of a plan and he kind of introduced real things to do into your game is that kind of like am i putting words in your mouth or is that kind of what it is i think my my dad and mike the two of them kind of like helped introduce the idea of like structure to me and mm-hmm. uh and like practice and everything and that's been a theme that has like continued to you know, show up for me when, you know, when I'm, whenever I'm struggling or trying to kind of take the next step, it always kind of comes back to more like structure and clarity and like what I'm doing preparation wise. Uh, And that was, that was like, that was big for me. And it, it was like looking back now, it is whatever I was doing was not very structured, like relative to what I do now. Mm but it was way more structured than just like showing up and having no idea and just like hitting seven irons on the range, <laughs> you know, yeah. hitting like 107 irons. It's like, Oh, I hit a few solid. That was good. I guess I'm going to go play. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's, I, I honestly can't really remember exactly uh, what it was. I think that I just, I, that delusional confidence that I had kind of also, you know, lit some desire in me too and i i was very uh i've kind of always been very like obsessive and uh single-minded and you know i did not have much of a uh i did not have much like going on outside of high school so i would just go home and like practice Mm -hmm. and uh play nine holes every day so if you do that, if you're not very good and you do that, like I had a lot of room to improve at the time. So just doing it every day was another thing that uh, helped me take a couple of steps forward. Yeah. So you mentioned like in relation to what you do now, like that wasn't structured at the time. It was better than you were when you were a year before that. But mm-hmm. now, I mean, I'm sure it's you've stepped it up completely and you're you're playing pretty well. So like what what are you doing now like how does your structure look like are you super detailed uh by the minute like how does your structure look in your day-to-day practice routine now yeah it's it's uh not as much like by the minute now for me i think the most important thing for me is to like uh figure out like what i'm going to do like how many shots i'm going to do like which drills i'm going to do on a particular day 
and like write it down and then just do it. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm like, it's crazy how like strong writing stuff down is, mm-hmm. uh, especially for like routines and schedules. Uh, and it's actually funny that we're talking about this because I just had like a pretty big change in how I am going about this. And I, I've, I, as I was saying, I've always struggled with structure and uh, it, the, the most successful I've been was in college my senior year, I like schedule out my classes. So I didn't have class Tuesday, Thursday, and it wasn't as much time as I have now, but it was very structured because those are the two days. And like, I could grind on those two days. Uh, but now that it's like full time, this is what I do. It's almost like so much free time, uh, that it's overwhelming. And, uh, I, what I recently just did was kind of like, uh, setting up like a workout program. I just like wrote out like a day one, a day two and a day three. And it's like, I wrote it down and now I can just say today I'm doing day one and it's, it makes it way easier. And it like takes it a lot of, uh, kind of mental hurdles out of the way for me when I wake up in the morning to like figure out what I'm going to do today. I can just say I'm doing day one or I'm doing day two. And, uh, that, you know, that clarity in preparation is, uh, and process is what I'm hoping will bring me some more clarity on the course because clarity is kind of a word that popped up for me recently is something that I wasn't feeling when I was out there under the gun. Mm. So, yeah, that's interesting. And this is the mental golf show. So I'm very interested in what you just said. So what do you mean by clarity and like, what were you doing and, and how are you trying to get better at it now? Like, what is that? So I think that it's, for me, it's like picking the, like the shot to commit to, uh, and like having, seeing that picture, uh, um, figuring out like what I need to do to like, you know, strategically, uh, picking the right target, picking yada, yada, basically. So I'm, I'm not sleepwalking Mm. uh, at any point and just really, uh, yeah, I I've been saying a lot recently, like just, you know, stick to the process, stick to the process. And I kind of realized that it's not that I didn't have a process, but my process was not like defined enough. Like it was too, it was too much. There was too much gray area for me to be like, well, did I stick to the process there? Like, kind of, but I, I realized that I had to be at a point where it could be like binary, like yes or no. Like I did my routine or I didn't do my routine. Uh, so kind of dumbing everything down. So it's really easy to know that I did it, uh, is, is like, that's kind of where I'm at right now. Uh, Yes. Yeah, it totally does. So it's like, it's, something that's simple is way more clear than something mm-hmm. that isn't simple. That's all these factors you're, and I love that term sleepwalking because so many people just go through the motions, whether it's practice or during the round. I mean, sleepwalk is a great word for it because if you're not fully committed to it, then you're probably doing some version of going through the motions, sleepwalking mm-hmm. and and how important is like committing to every single shot and 
if you take any shots off, you're, you're giving shots back to the field. Um, so like, how has your maybe mental game journey been from like, you know, no structure, you know, not believing in yourself as a golfer to shooting at 68, you got some confidence and you started working with an instructor. Like, have you seen, like, has it been something you've actively worked on or is it just kind of like you've built confidence just from getting better? Like, what is the mental game process for you? Uh, I, I read a lot of books. Um, sure. Uh, I try to, I try to, you know, read a lot of stuff on like, I think my favorite one is uh, the mindful athlete, George Mumford book. That's a really mm. good one. And uh, meditation has been huge for me to kind of, uh, get into a routine of that and, you know, meditating and like journaling every day. And I've been really lucky like to, uh, be able to, I got to talk, it was about a year and a half ago. Uh, I had got to have a phone, you know, phone call conversation with, a Lonto Griffin and, uh, he was telling me some stuff. And one of the things that one or two of the things that really resonated with me from that, uh, was that thoughts don't hit shots and, uh, you know, find, finding like happiness outside of golf, like mm -hmm. not letting like the results of, you know, if I have a bad round, it doesn't mean I'm a bad person type thing. Cause you know, it's really easy, especially when like, there's a lot of like money and stuff at stake, uh, at this level. Um, and like just career stuff, you know, it, it's really easy to tie in like self-worth with results and uh that doesn't mean that i don't get mad like if i have a bad round or anything like that or get frustrated uh but i think that yeah i don't have to like i don't have to be playing well to be happy now uh and kind of you know as a result of that like i've been playing better <laughs> so mm -hmm. uh yeah i just try and try and be a good person outside like off the course. And, uh, I'm, I'm a big believer in like karma and just you know, being positive and, uh, trying to be like a useful member of society and, uh, thinking that that will, you know, I don't, I don't do that to play better golf, but I think that doing that will help play, help me play better golf. So I would say that reading books on like mindfulness and meditation and all the other, like, like Bob Rotella is somebody I got to meet him a couple of times, just kind of, he was a member at the course that I grew up at and he would occasionally like, he was hardly ever out there, but he would occasionally bring guys out there. And it was, it was cool to just like, even being in his presence, having read his books, like I felt like accountable, like I got to do, I got to do my routine right now. Bob Rotella's over there. So uh, that, that was, uh, you know, just little things like that, reading books and meditating. I would say are like my two, my two favorite things. Yeah, I love I love what you described about karma and member good member of society and that the word that came to my mind was just balance in mm -hmm. your life of like so many people get that that are like probably listening to this looking for like how do I get better at golf they're so golf heavy like the the seesaw is so leaned towards golf and and in a lot of ways, if you can find ways to lean away from golf in life, the golf like benefits from it majorly. Like if you can mm -hmm. find ways to forget about it, to, to get away from it, 
Um, and like you said, like be a, be a good member of society, like do good things, be a good person, like have a life outside of golf that Lanto Griffin taught you or Lanto. He like, that's huge advice. Um, so I, I'm interested in like, what is, what is thoughts don't hit golf shots? Is that what it was? What does that mean? Yeah. Thought, thoughts don't hit shots. Thought, like thoughts don't hit shots. Uh, I, th- I think I remember him describing it as like, you stand up on a tee box of like a, you know, say like you know, 18 at sawgrass and you like have the thought of like hooking one in the water. That doesn't mean that you just hooked it in the water. Like you just had that thought and that's like, okay, like the mind thinks <laughs> like that's what it's there to do. We have, you know, you're human. We have like fear responses and stuff and it's okay to just be like, no, that's not real. Like mm-hmm. I'm, you know, this is my target and I'm going to hit, hit it there or try to hit it there or whatever. So just to kind of like uh, acknowledge the thought and just like, let it go. Mm. So, and not try and not try and like ignore it. Cause when you do that, then you're kind of reverse focusing on it and your brain can't really tell the difference between trying to like not think about something and think about something. Mm. Yeah. That's a, that's something I've learned is a huge benefit of meditation is noticing a thought and letting it pass and like gently mm-hmm. returning your focus back to some, back to what you yeah. want to focus on. Um, yeah. Is that like, so talk to me about the benefits of meditation and it sounds like you're, you're into it. You're it's some, it's a practice that you do. Um, yeah. Like what is your practice and like, how, how have you seen benefits from it? Uh, yeah. So my, my practice is like first thing in the morning I will do, I like make my bed and like sit on my bed and I have this like video thing on YouTube that I watch. And it's just like a, it's a guided meditation. It's like a body scan where you just kind of like relax, like your whole body and like kind of focus on different parts of your body throughout. And then I just kind of write down a few things that I'm grateful for and like how, like how I was feeling and how I'm feeling. And uh, the, it's it, you can't really hide from yourself like when you're writing it down like you know if i'm feeling like sad or if i'm feeling uh anxious or if i'm like not feeling good about you know my golf game like i remember uh earlier this year i was not feeling good about like my driver at all and i went out and played a tournament and i had a meditation that morning and i'm like don't feel good about my driver you know it is what it is yada yada and i went out there and i didn't drive well, but I kept it in play and made it to shot like 66. Wow. <laughs> it's, you know, things it's okay to like acknowledge it. And if you acknowledge it, it almost like takes the power away from it. Uh, and if you try to ignore it, I think that's when it uh, creeps up on you, at least mm-hmm. for me, that's my experience. So five minutes every morning, it's, you know, allows me to just like be aware of what's going on. And that helps me kind of course correct during the round and also like big bigger picture like what I was talking about earlier with uh, clarity and like noticing during that round last week like yeah yeah man I don't have a lot of clarity right now like I'm not really sh- like sure what I'm doing and uh that I'm I'm you know not sure I would be able to do that mid-round or like notice that mid-round if you know I didn't have that practice so yeah Noticing self-awareness, course correcting. That's awesome. That's really like, if there's advice to someone listening of like a practical thing that you can do, 
like five minutes a day. That's nothing. That's like so easy to do. Um, so take it from a pro golfer. That's a great practice to do. (laughs) Um, so I'm interested. I don't normally ask, ask players this, but like, maybe like, what is your like pre-shot routine? Like maybe you can like go through it. Like what, what thoughts are you going through when you walk up to a tee shot and approach shot, something like that? Like what goes through your head as you're going through that? Yeah. Uh, well, I've been, I've been using the, uh, you know, Scott Fawcett's decade mm-hmm. system now for, for a little bit and uh, trying to, you know, that has helped me a lot with like clarity and like picking a target and uh, you know, figuring out like where I want the ball to come down, like where I want the ball to finish uh, or like land. Uh, and then I, I try to have like yardages every five yards and keep it really simple like I try not to have like a 142 shot and a 147 shot like you know feel just you know every five yards that's good enough for me and I just pick one of those shots and uh you know figure out the distance and like figure out which shot I want to hit and uh pick a spot for to to land and uh I have this little kind of like rock back and forth thing that I do and I step into the ball just to keep my body moving and uh I just look down and try and try and pull a trigger. Uh, nothing, nothing too crazy. I, I tried to, I'm, I've been working on uh, standing over it for a little bit less time, you know, not letting tension build as much. I noticed that under pressure, I would get a lot of tension building in my left forearm. Uh, so trying getting, trying to get like more of a waggle and just like more movement before I pull the trigger has, you know, helped help me uh deal with that a little bit Mm. yeah that's i like that i mean like crazy specific self-awareness of tension in just your left forearm that's uh i mean that's some really good self-awareness and if you if you hadn't been self-aware if you hadn't like been training your ability to notice things like that it it would probably just continue and you wouldn't be able to correct it um And, and I obviously love the, like picking a target, picking a small target, like a, this is exactly where I want the ball to land. Um, that's some good stuff. That's really, really good stuff. Uh, did it like, have you noticed your ability to get to that? Like, um, like really good routine. Like, has that, like, has that been a work in progress for you or have you always been pretty good at it? Um, I think once I started doing it, I've been like decently good at it. Uh, like once I read about it, I think Rotella was the first guy who the first time I read about having that like uh, consistent routine. So yeah, I would say ever since I started doing it, I've been like pretty good at it. And uh, it's one of the things that you just have to you know revisit for me, like, you know, making sure that I'm really dialed in, especially putting like putting routine is like, uh, that I, I remember the summer before my senior year of college, I was really struggling on the greens and I was just like, I'm going to start like putting, like using the claw grip and I'm just going to like spend a whole day, like figuring out a new pre-shot routine and completely change it. And, uh, I, I don't putt like with the claw anymore, but that I just remember like doing that and committing to that routine and it like 
pretty much right away was like a complete game changer with my like uh, shifting my attention from results to like process on the greens. Mm. So that, that was that, I mean, that summer, the summer before my senior year, that was when a lot of things started to like turn for me. That's kind of, I think when I decided to, that I wanted to keep playing after school and was like treating it more like a job, I would say. Yeah. So as we, as we near the end, like what advice would you give to someone who maybe you could like reach back to a junior golfer or someone who's, you know, trying to, trying to get better, trying to reach a goal, like one or two like big things, would you tell them, this is what I would focus on if I could be in your shoes? Uh, I would tell them to play as much competitive golf as they can and to uh, really uh, figure out what it means to not emotionally attach yourself to results. Um, I think that the guys who are the best out here, like the guys who I see who have been like playing the best are able to bounce back after a bad day. Like, like it never even happened. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, it's really easy to get into like a comparison mindset where you're comparing yourself to other players, uh, like, you know, whether they be like farther along the road than you or whatever that may be. Like when I was 16, the guys who I'm like competing with now were probably averaging 15 shots around better than I was. And I like easily could have seen that and decided to quit. Uh, but I just trust, you know, keep playing. Don't like, don't worry about what you shoot. Uh, just keep trying to get better every day. And, uh, eventually you'll, you know, you'll wake up one day and you'll be, you know, you'll be there. You'll be better. So yeah, that's, yeah that's you, it. You'll, you'll wake up one day and, and improve by what was that? 20, 22 shots in one yeah, day. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe not everyone can do that, but that's that, awesome. Yeah. That was, that was pretty wild. <laughs> <laughs> well, cool. Thank you, Ryan. Um, thank you so much for doing this. Thank you, Josh. All right, everybody, episode is over. I hope you learned a lot from Ryan. Uh, Smart guy, very thoughtful. Um, It's just such a great group of people, golfers. It's just awesome. I love interviewing. I I love talking to him. I love getting uh, different ideas, different, you know, techniques, tips, tricks, whatever. But the kind of holistic processes that good golfers go through is just uh, we should all learn from it uh, and we should implement into our own games. So anyway, if you love this episode, I w- it would be awesome if you left a review on Apple Podcasts. Go over there, leave a review. If, it's a, if you don't like the podcast, leave a bad review. I don't know. I, we got some good reviews so far. So uh, leave a review. It helps other people discover it, more people be able to work on their mental game. And I know that's bad for you. If you're competing against someone else who listens to the mental golf show, I mean, that's going to be a tough battle. No, I'm just kidding. You've got the advantage because you've already been listening. 
So go leave a review. It helps other people discover this amazing uh, archive of information on the mental game. (laughs) Okay, I will see you guys in the next one.